take a brief moment to introduce, um, I don't think he is an unfamiliar face, um, but in the event that you have not had a chance uh, to be with us here uh, when John Crosby uh, has been with us, uh, I'll introduce him. Uh, John is the RUF campus minister at the University of Memphis. Uh, RUF is the uh, college ministry of our denomination uh, where we send ministers uh, to go and minister on a campus. Uh, these are ordained men. Uh, who, who go and, and with their staff uh, go and minister and proclaim the good news of Jesus uh, on college campuses throughout the, co- the country. Uh, and so John is that at the University of Memphis. Um, and so we are fortunate and blessed, uh, considered a real privilege to have you with us today, John. And so if you would, open up God's word for us. Good morning. I, I did shave, so you might not recognize me. Uh, <laughs> I did it this morning, and my, my, my kids, for Father's Day, they were like, you gained 20 pounds and <laughs> overnight. So, um, happy Father's Day. Thank you. Um, we're going to be in Luke chapter 19, uh, 1 through 10, creatively, uh, creatively entitled Zacchaeus. It's a story about Zacchaeus. I'm a pretty creative. Um, Luke 19, 1 through 10. 10. Jesus entered Jericho and passing through uh, and was passing through and behold there was a man named Zacchaeus and he was a chief tax collector and was rich and he was seeking to see who Jesus was but on account of the crowd he could not because he was a small because he was small in stature so he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who was a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and he said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, I have half, half of all my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. It is good, it's true. And the story that is true of your son who, who came about a short guy in a tree and you called him to yourself. Father, we pray that we'd be encouraged by who you are this morning. That we'd, that we'd see who you are. How you come after folks just like us. Just like Zacchaeus. And you love us and you bring us to yourself. We thank you for Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. I, I have a great wife. Um, I really have a great wife. I, I snore. Um, sometimes I belch after a meal. Um, I, I can be moody and sometimes I embarrass her when I talk about her in sermons. Um, and sometimes I don't hear her when she's talking to me when I'm watching TV. Um, I can be pretty selfish and I can lose my temper and I'm chubby. Uh, but I have a great wife. 
I have a great wife. And despite all of my faults and my blemishes and my screw-ups and my failures, she still loves me. Like, it surprises me every morning. We all long to be loved by someone who is greater than we are. Um, It's greater than we are. Someone who knows us, who knows our faults, who knows our blemishes blemishes and screw-ups, and yet, for some reason, we cannot fathom, like, still accepts us and loves us as if we were the greatest thing ever created. Now, I know um, if my wife was here this morning, I don't think she loves me as the greatest thing ever created. Um, I like to think she does. But, but the one who has come to seek and save the lost, knowing who we are, knowing our failures, knowing our blemishes, knowing our imperfections, knowing that we are outcasts, knowing all that stuff about us, thought you were so great that he died for you to call you his own, to call you and I his own. You know, one of my favorite questions to ask students on campus is, like, what does God think about you? When I'm sitting with a student and, and doing one-on-one with a student, one of my first questions is like, what, what do you think God thinks about you? And it conjures up all kinds of crazy answers and good, good answers. Um, but here's this story of Zacchaeus, this picture of the Son of Man who came to seek and save the lost, filling that hole we feel when, we, when we're loved by someone who is greater than we are. I'm going to try to break this down into three simple points. And this is to talk about the one Jesus attracts, the one that Jesus sought, and the one that Jesus saves, and then kind of close it up after that. So let's look at this, consider this first point. The one that Jesus attracts. We see in the first two verses. Here's Jesus. He's continuing to travel to Jerusalem where he will die on the cross for the sins of the people. And soon, in fact, he will enter Jerusalem riding in on a donkey, a symbol of a ruler coming in peace to the very shouts of Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And we're only days away from the crucifixion at this point. And Jesus in this chapter, in the chapter before this, in Luke 18, is dealing with folks that are, that are either absolutely, that either absolutely have nothing as far as possessions or status, like children and beggars, or dealing with those who have grand riches or su- supreme status, like the rich young ruler. And then there is, and there was a man in a town whose name was Zacchaeus. And we're told that he was the chief tax collector, and was wealthy. You know, from, the ta- from a tax-collecting perspective, um, Zacchaeus was crushing it. Like, he was, he was crushing tax-collecting. Taxes were collected at three places inland. Capernaum, Jericho, Jericho, and Jerusalem. And he was the chief one of those big three. Jericho, being a very wealthy city on a major trade route, Task collecting made Zacchaeus a very, very rich man. Most likely at this point in his career, um, he didn't have to even like collect taxes himself. He was, he was the kingpin. He was the man. 
He had all everybody else doing the work. Tax collecting in general, certainly like chief ones, were despised by the Jewish people. Um, on campus, when you see like these these folks that give you tickets at the university and they're students, you know they they're like the tax collectors on campus. Okay, they're they're I mean they're students. They're like peers, and they're ticketing your car, like and they're hated. Like and that's that's kind of this is this is Zacchaeus. Like this is he's his peers. He's taking money from them. For, 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 for a, bunch, a bunch of reasons they were despised also. A tax collector was considered a thief and a traitor to his own people because he collected money from, from the Jews on behalf of the Romans. This very um, powerful, uh, this, this, he had the power to, um, well, the Romans actually invaded this land. And so they were... They were uh, uh, they, they sold this uh, office of tax collector uh, to the highest bidder who could pay the taxes of the region. And then the tax collector had the freedom to, like, add more taxes on so he could get that for himself. And he was sticking it to the people. So they were, they were thieves. They were traitors. Tax collectors were always being dishonest. They were always um, uh, getting, taking more than they were supposed to. Uh, and this is how they made their money, and they preyed on the weak. Tax collecting also, um, these, these tax collectors continued to like to, to hang out with Gentiles, um, thereby, 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 thereby making them unclean, um, always being unclean. Uh, I don't think you have like a good equivalent to this day, maybe a drug dealer or, or somebody in the mafia, um, that level of disgust that tax collectors would have had. Um, they were, uh, they were, they were seen um, much more frequently than those kind of people that we would think of as you know mafia. I don't think you see a lot of mafia people here in, out here in Germantown, but uh, but uh, you, you saw these guys a lot. Regardless, tax they were scummy people. They were the scum, and it's ironic that Zacchaeus came his his actually his actual name um, came from the word that means righteous one. That's his actual name, like. His name. He's not righteous at all, actually. He's a rich man by greed, by manipulation, and, being, and by being a thief. Zacchaeus is not a good guy. Verses 3 and 4, Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. He wanted to see Jesus. This is, this is interesting. Why did he want to see Jesus? Why did he really, you know, we, we really don't really know, but, but we can speculate. Perhaps he heard about Jesus. Um, he, he maybe heard how Jesus dealt with other tax collectors and perhaps he was curious to see what he looked like or, or how he walked or how he talked. We're not, we're not sure. But from what we learn, another thing about Zacchaeus is that he's a short guy. He's a little, this is, this is a sermon for short people. Um, this is a, this is good news for we little men. Um, he was a man of small stature. Thus, he, had, he was forced to climb, um, a, climb a tree in order to get close enough to see Jesus. So he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. You know, from what I understand from Wikipedia, um, a sycamore tree is the sturdy tree. Uh, it's, it's about 40 feet high. 
It's, it has with a short, short trunk with wide branches. It makes for a great climbing tree. It's very easy to climb, even for a short person. And, and I, and I p- have this picture of this tiny, rejected man sitting alone, hidden in order to take a peek at, at Jesus. You know, um, as, a, as a dad, we all know kind of what it feels like to be used as a sycamore tree. Um, when, you, when you take your kids to places um, where, where, the, where the height kind of hinders them, and, and you pick them up and you try to hold them, but yet that's not high enough, and they continue to summit you and climb you so they can see and get the best view. Um, there was, I remember when the Northwest Passage and the, the zoo opened up and the polar bears and, and my son Charlie was little, my oldest, and I remember the, the crowds were so big and he wanted to see the polar bears so bad that I tried to pick him up and I, and I could see him pretty good, but it wasn't good enough for him. So he continued to summit me and just get high enough and until I was crushed and he had a great view. Um, but but so he overcame the barriers. For some reason, Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus bad enough to climb a sycamore tree. Uh, there were barriers to seeing him pass. He was vertically challenged, but also he, he was considered, like Zacchaeus himself was considered um, little by the people around him. Like socially, he was the outcast. He was the outsider. They despised him. He, had, he was, he was, he, his great wealth couldn't even buy him a spot in the front of the line. So he created another means. The best he could do. Though his plan meant that like, he, he could only encounter Jesus from a distance. So he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore tree to see him. This is the outcast. This is the one that Jesus attracts. This traitor, this, this thief, this despised one, this unclean one, this social outcast, this outsider, and, a short, and for short people. So let's consider the second point. Like The one that Jesus sought here, look at verses 5 and 6. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry, come down, for I must stay at your house today. And so he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. It's almost as if Jesus had no other agenda that day um, than to meet Zacchaeus. Like, when he reached the sycamore tree, Jesus looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. And a few things ought to, like, grab our attention here. Like, I know this is a simple story, but some things ought to, like, shake us a little bit. The first thing that should, like, bother us a little bit uh, is that Jesus calls Zacchaeus by name. Like, he just calls him by name. Like, there's, there were no, like, scout teams going out before Jesus, like, hey, okay, who's in the sycamore tree? You know, tell me who, who's, who's that guy. Like, that, that wasn't happening. He didn't have, like, briefs on the crowd, um, you know, from the text, we're just supposed to understand that Jesus just simply knows the man's name. Somehow, I, I don't know, perhaps he knows everything. Secondly, things should, should, should kind of strike us a little bit is he, he calls to him. He actually calls to him. It's, it's one thing that Jesus knows his name. It's another thing for Jesus to actually speak to him. Yet that's what he does. 
I'm, I'm kind of reminded of, of Zechariah 10, 8, um, at this point in the story where it says, I will whistle for them and gather them in. Surely I will redeem them. You get this picture of Jesus coming to the sycamore tree and going, come on, Zacchaeus, come into your house. Whistling them in and gathering them in. And then thirdly, another thing that's just kind of shocking is that he commands him to do something. Um, perhaps, you know, you, you think Jesus would never do something that is unwelcomed. You know, he's probably, we think, Jesus is probably southern, you know, right? We think he's, he's kind of southern. He's a southern gentleman. Jesus is polite, maybe. That's, that's actually ridiculous to think. That Jesus would do, not do something that is unwelcome. God and Jesus are doing things that are unwelcomed all the time. And they, they, pre, like they both, Jesus and God both press themselves in without invitation. Into stories of the Bible and into our lives over and over and again. And here Jesus is doing it again. He invites himself over to Zacchaeus' house. An utter stranger is asking to come over to be taken care of. Um, probably not just stay, and probably even stay the night as well in that culture. Like Jesus takes control and he orders Zacchaeus to get out of the tree at once. Does he have that authority? Like, just think about it. Like, does Jesus have that authority to do that? It's crazy. Like, it startles me. Like, if a stranger asked me to, first of all, I don't know if I'd be in a tree, and a stranger's like, hey, get out of the tree. I'm coming to your house. Like, no. Like, but it happens. And so the last thing that ought to, like, get our attention is the fact that Zacchaeus actually does it. He actually does it. Zacchaeus has had his day gone far differently than he expected it to go. Now, Jesus will travel with him, will talk with him, will eat with him, and even sleep probably at his house. And then in verse 7, says, And when they saw it, they grumbled. And they, he had gone in to be a guest of a man who was a sinner. And we see like the scandal that is involved. Uh, when we hear like the responses from the crowd here, like, you can, you know, I, I can like totally hear them. We had um, we had a Muslim couple come to RUF this year, uh, all year long. It was the neatest thing. Like they would, they started. We they, we welcomed at the beginning of the year, and they became friends. And they would just eat our food and then leave. And then slowly they would start to come into the room, and they would stay for songs and then leave. Then they're staying for the sermon. Um, and our students, like some of our students were like, I mean, I'm talking like there was no mistaking they were Muslim. Like she was covered up and, and it was like, you knew they were Muslim. They were from Pakistan. And, and, and they, uh, and, and, and our, some of our students were like, no way, these people. Like, you gotta be kidding me. And you could hear the grumbling a little bit. But guess what? Like, we took those two Muslims to summer conference this summer. They went to summer conference with us. And I was, of course, if I'm just being honest, like I was freaked out, like thinking, oh no, like she's going to be on the beach, totally covered up. What are, you know, this is going to be, but they went. They heard the gospel. It was unbelievable. Um, 
And I don't know what God's doing in their heart right now, but I know the last night, if you've ever been to the summer conference, the, the last song of the week is always on Jordan Stormy Banks I Stand. And I'm standing next to, to Hottie and Mahdi. Um, and, and, I'm, and, and I'm hearing him sing those words. I don't know if he knew what he was singing, but it was just incredible to hear him singing on Jordan Stormy Banks I Stand. Um, but they grumbled like that. That same kind of thing. There was a scandal all year long. And here the, 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 the murmuring and the grumbling starts to rise here in this situation with Zacchaeus. Um, and you can, you can hear the hearts of the crowd when this, when this tax collector, this guy, like, hey, what's the deal, Jesus? Like, what's the deal? He's, he's gone in to be a guest with this sinner. Doesn't Jesus know who this man is? He's not a pitiful child. Like, if he was a pitiful child, we would understand that. Like, he loves children, but not this tax collector. Like, he's a jerk on purpose. Like, like this, is who, this is who Zacchaeus was. Like, he's someone who steals from us, who gives to the Romans. You know, how, you know I just hear the crowd like, why him? Bless us. Come hang out with us, Jesus. Not Zacchaeus. And the crowd feels that if Jesus associates with this man, Jesus is thereby, thereby like in a sense, becoming partners with him. And what about like the, the unclean factor? Like I'm sure they're thinking about that. If G, isn't Jesus polluting himself by hanging out with this dirty tax collector? This is, this is the outcast that, and, the, and the one that Jesus attracts and he sought. Now let's consider this one that Jesus saves. Look at verse 8. Um, it says, Zacchaeus stood up and he said to him, Lord. He said, he said look, look, Lord, here, here, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Like Zacchaeus takes his stand and gives a spontaneous response of repentance. Like Zacchaeus' statement um, of if I have cheated anyone out of anything, like should be, should be think of him like really just adding like, and I've done that. Like I've actually did those things, Jesus. Zacchaeus offers to pay back more than he had taken, far exceeding the rules of fair play according to the customs of the times, both by Jewish and Roman standards. How different is this response from the rich young ruler's response when he goes away sad because he loved the riches more than God? Zacchaeus was even, wasn't even told to do this. Like, Jesus didn't say, hey, repent, turn. Like, he wasn't even told. It was spontaneous. It came out of the overflow of his heart. Jesus' influence on him, like on his life, makes him realize his utter selfishness, his selfish attitude towards his possessions and his sinful uncharitableness toward those whom he had cheated. And now his attitude has totally changed to, to now I give instead of I take. Verses 9 and 10, Jesus said to him, and to those around him, today's salvation has come to this house because this man, 
too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save what was lost. You know, the true children of Abraham are not those who can trace their their bloodlines back to a certain ancestor, but those whom the Holy Spirit actually brings to understand the kingdom of God and embrace that kingdom. The Pharisees claimed that they were the only children of Abraham. But Jesus is saying, look, the tax collectors could be part of the family too. And that's what I was telling, or even telling our students, like, even this couple, this Muslim couple, can, can make a profession of Christ and be a part of this also. Like, he can save them. And I pray he does. It would be awesome. The true tr- children of Abraham are those whom the Holy Spirit brings to understand the kingdom of God and embrace it. Jesus summarizes like what he's been like has been the common theme in his preaching and his practical ministry um, in this in, in this verse when he says, "For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost." Like this is this, this beautiful phrase would conjure up a few images for us, like the perfect and the divine shepherd spoken of in Ezekiel thirty four. Or the parables of the lost things in Luke 15. The, the personal involvement and love, of, love Jesus has shown toward the outcast. The, how he loved, loved the prostitute. He loved those who had diseases. And this is, the one, this is one of the all-time greatest sentences in the Bible. Like, uttered from the mouth of Jesus himself. Like, The Son of Man came to seek and save what was lost. Verse 6 says, So he hurried and he came down and received him joyfully. It's interesting the reception that Zacchaeus gives to Jesus. This really is a beautiful picture. Really, when you get down to it, it really is a picture of the way Jesus seeks people. um, The way he seeks them and secures them to himself. Jesus comes seeking, almost wooing in a way. Jack Miller calls Jesus the hound of heaven. The hound, I love that image. Like, I love that thought of that. Like, that Jesus goes out seeking like a bloodhound. And when he catches the scent, like he goes, he goes, and he goes, and he gets the people wherever they are, and he relentlessly pursues them. And brings them to himself. Again, it's the Zechariah 10.8. I will whistle for them and gather them in. Surely I will redeem them. Let me ask you this question in closing up. Like, like, do you see yourself as one who needs to be sought after? Like, do you see yourself just to be sought after, to be saved? Do you realize that you are lost? You're an outcast? You, you are harassed? You're helpless? You're like a sheep without a shepherd? You know, apart from Christ, like we are actually Zacchaeus in this story. Like we are. We are, we, are you curious about Jesus? Are you climbing in trees to catch a glimpse of him, sort of? Um, sort of checking him out? Maybe kicking the tires before you, and testing, testing it out before um, you commit or not? 
Are you wondering what sort of person he is? Like, I love it when students, when I'm, when, when, when I, when I get to ask that question to students, like, what do you think about who Jesus is? Like, who is he for you? One of my favorite verses to share with them is Isaiah 30, 18. Like, I love it. Therefore, the Lord waits to be gracious to you. Therefore, he exalts himself to show mercy to you. That's who he is. He waits to be gracious to you. He exalts himself to show mercy to you. Do you wonder if Jesus knows who you are? If he knows your name? Do you think that if he truly knew how small in stature um, you are? Like how you feel? How you feel? um, Would he really want you? For, For doesn't he only want the righteous, you know, the good people on his side? Um, you know, we all long to be loved by someone greater than we are. We all, we all long for that. Until we get that love, our strategy is always going to be to minimize our mistakes. We're always going to minimize our, our mistakes. We're always, our strategy is going to always cover up our weaknesses so that no one can, so, so people will love us and not see our weaknesses. And often times our strategy is to is to promote ourselves by beating down others. Um, Because we're scared of really being known. And we we know deep down, like, our strategies don't get us anywhere. Like, just to be, you know, just to be loved by someone who knows all our blemishes and who we are and our failures and screw-ups. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. I mean, he may be calling your name this morning. Like, are you um, in your tree for whatever reason? Listen to him say, come down. I want to eat at your house today. Um, repent and believe. Just repent and believe that tr- um, who he is and what he's done for you. Um, The one who has come to seek and save the lost, knowing who we are, thought you were so great that he died to call you his very own. And that's good news. Not just for short people. Um, It's good news for all of us. Let's pray together. Father, the great hound of heaven, we thank you for how you come, have, have come after us and may be coming after some of us. How you delight in small folks like ourselves. How you love us not because of who we are, but only because of Christ, who was pierced for our transgressions, who was crushed for our iniquities, and the punishment that brought him peace was upon him, and by his wounds we're healed. We thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.